0: Brought to you by johnnytshirt.com, com, the go-to provider for all your tar heel gear.
1: I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. Listen to the Inside Carolina podcast, sponsored by Johnny T shirt, Johnny com. Support those guys. I'll talk about them in a minute. Uh, rate us, review us on iTunes, Spotify, however you get your Inside Carolina podcast. Subscribe on YouTube if you're watching this on that. Subscribe to the Inside Carolina channel. Get all you uh, get everything you need. And if you were on there today, you saw Jay Bateman. Greg Barnes and Ross Martin joined me. I'll start with Ross. Ross, Jay Bateman spoke to the media, I think, probably for the first time, at least since camp started. It's been a while. Um, and the topic of the defensive line came up. And this is an area of concern. We've done these state of position podcasts throughout the course of camp and talked about how much talent and how good those positions are. We come to the defensive line, and Jay Bateman's got a tinge of concern in the air when he discusses this group.
2: Yeah, I don't know if Jay I don't know if Bateman really is concerned. He doesn't it doesn't seem like he is, but I think we are. Um, you know, it's a young group. There's not much experience. There's really not, I mean, none of these guys played that much last year. They played some, but they didn't play that much. I think hasick really came on at, at the end there. But I mean basically you got Raymond hasick you got Jaleel Taylor, you got Tamari Fox. Those are your, your three defensive lineman, but there's a lot of other guys who could come in and play we've heard that we've heard the name christian varner a lot kj hester a little bit and then today we heard the name zach gill a name that we thought someone who's going to be resigned to the bench for the rest of his unc career but but zach gill is in the mix at least one of their top five or six defensive linemen and there's some freshmen who, who might have a chance to play so I mean, it's really green, but I think they really like Raymond Bohasek and they really like Tamari Fox. And those two pieces, as we'll discuss, are going to be very versatile pieces along the defensive front um, in a group that is a 3 4, and this is the second year in that system. And so there's obviously a nose and then kind of two tackles or a tackle in the end. Um, but those are the names to no, know, and, and I think we'll get into a lot of it here. But I think it's the biggest issue of concern for UNC's defense and definitely. It all starts up front, so I would be a little worried heading into uh, Syracuse in, what, 10 days?
1: Yeah, really, it's it's closing in on us. Uh, Greg, you know, we've talked about this position a lot, and we've talked about how important it is in Jay Bateman's defensive scheme, and you lose what they lost, with Strobridge and Crawford especially. Um, You know, when you have Crawford, it cleans up a lot of issues across the board. Um, Vohasek's gotten a lot of ink, press, whatever talk, is, his, is that coming from his performance against NC State, at least from the fan base? I think he got better as the season uh, progressed, but he got a lot of press and a lot of uh, tweets, you know, on that play against NC State. Is he a guy that's going to make people not long for a guy like Aaron Crawford as much anymore um, going into this season?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that his best games were against NC State, who, I mean, let's, let's be honest, was not very good last year in uh, Mercer. I mean, when, when you look at the numbers, uh, I mean, he played five snaps against Clemson, two against Tech, four against Duke, 12 against Virginia, 12 against Pitt, then 35 against Mercer, 16 against State, and 18 against Temple. Uh, so his his reps went up once North Carolina got knocked out of the coastal race. Um, by all accounts, he's gotten a lot better. Mac Brown says he's the most improved player, probably on the team. Uh, so, props to Vahazic. That's a that's a big deal and a great accomplishment for him. Battled injuries; you know, he wasn't able to, to lift uh, bench press for like two years. Ross, isn't that what it was? Yeah. Um, and so he, now he's he's kind of back there. Um, so I, I am curious. There, there has been a lot of a, positivity surrounding the and Taylor um, and some of these other guys. But how much is it that that's really what North Carolina has to work with? Because I think everybody would, would like to have had the freshman class, at least the guys enrolled early in town for spring practice. And that did not happen. Uh, and then they're kind of delayed getting in, onto campus in June because of COVID. Um, so a lot of guys that you maybe would have banked on, being able to play, maybe like a Miles Murphy. I mean, if he had spring, spring practice and Miles Murphy was in town, you could probably make the case that this is a guy that's going to be pushing for a starting spot. Um, but because some of these young guys just you know, are only a month in. And so how much of this is this is what they've got to work with? How much of this, hey, these guys really made tremendous strides since last year, that's what we're going to have to wait and see. We don't know that right now.
1: It's going to I be, think. Go ahead, Ross. One thing,
2: I think Kendrick Bingley Jones, another guy, you know, he was in there in January, and he was the high, most highly talented of those guys. They thought he was going to be a player too, too. So missing him coming is kind of playing in here, and I think they just need they need one more guy like a Christian Varner who missed the spring as well, or or, or a Kevin Hester to really step up. They're kind of missing maybe one depth piece. I think could kind of get them to kind of a, a two deep there, but. You know, on paper, just the the talent. I don't think is just, there's no really elite player like a Strobridge. Um, you know, we got a JUCO transfer. We got a, a former App State commit, Jill Taylor. Um, Zach Gill hasn't done much in two years, and Tamari Fox, I think, has the potential to be a star. They're really high on him as well. Sorry, Tommy.
1: No, you're good because I was going right where you just left off. I- watching bateman's press conference with you guys the thing that stood out to me the most is he said tamari fox may be the best guy on the team or the best defensive lineman Mm -hmm. to me aside from the zach gill comments because y'all both agree that zach gill's been like vanished over the last year and a half but tamari fox being one of the best players ross that's big news i think for north carolina's defensive line
2: tamari Zach gill
1: No, Tamari Fox. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I
2: got got Ben Sherman hit me up on Slack. So, um,
1: come on, Ben.
2: Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, I, I love, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about Tamari. I mean, he is, he's athletic, he's strong. He's got an awesome personality. He's going to show some leadership and he's going to play all three spots. He's big enough to be kind of a really mobile nose tackle in the middle on some pass rush downs. He's got the speed and athleticism play on the edge as well. So, like Bateman said, they're gonna move him all around. Um, and you know, he, he she played last year. Like he is he has some valuable experience. I mean, he started some games. He was in the mix. So I'm super excited about Tamari Fox um, with what he can do. Not only this year, but, but moving forward, he's a little undersized. I mean, he I think he could have been like a four or five, 4 star prospect if he was you know six four. But he's only like six two. But um, I think I think they really like him. Obviously, and it'll be exciting to see how he uses him. I, there's tons of players on this defense. I'm just really excited to see how Jay Bateman uses him. And that starts with Tamari Fox up front.
1: Greg, when you look at the depth chart, or at least the the assumed depth chart, who knows until they actually roll out against Syracuse. But you got Vahasic there. You got Tamari Fox, Jaleel Taylor. You got Vahasic again. You got Tamari Fox. I mean, and then you got Zach Gill. You got a lot. Bateman wants to play how many? Six or eight?
0: With at least a two deep with those three defensive line positions.
1: Okay, so he he wants to play six guys regularly. Somebody else has got to step up. So we've mentioned Miles Murphy, A.J. Beatty. Clyde Pender's a guy that uh, Carolina fans fell in love with during his recruitment or whatever. He's been injured. I mean, who from that group of Murphy, Beatty, Pender can provide quality depth for Bateman – you know, because I think they're going to need it, and who knows with COVID, and we haven't even mentioned the injury factor, but some young guys are going to have to play, and without the spring and without the normal system. I mean, who comes up big amongst those three?
0: Well, that's the, that's the great question. And, and as I said, not having these guys you know, back in the spring and even early in summer really kind of handicaps everybody. But I think they've seen enough out of some of the young guys, like Miles Murphy's a great example. They've seen enough out of him that they, they said, okay, he's not going to be able to provide us right now with everything we need on every down. He's just not there yet. He's only been here for a month. However, there are certain things that he does very well. And so you're trying to scheme around. This is a handful of plays where we think he can be very disruptive. What you're hoping for is if you have a blowout against Syracuse by chance, and you have a blowout against Charlotte, and then you have a bye week, well, that's three weeks right there where you can throw these young kids in maybe in the second half and let them get that experience and see how quickly they grow. I don't think there's any doubt that what this depth chart looks like right now, hopefully, for North Carolina's sake, will look a lot different two months from now as these young guys are able to get into games and get more practice reps and all these kind of things. And they kind of catch up to speed. We talk about how good Sam Howe was. He had an entire spring to go through the offense and go through practice and workouts, all those things. These guys have not had that luxury. And so you're going to have to give them a little bit of time. Um, Now, which of those guys are the ones that's going to step up? Well, Rucker's a guy that that Bateman uh, clearly is high on. Um, You know, I think, Murphy for sure is a guy they're going to be able to count on. Pender, he broke his finger early in practice in camp. I think he's one. Maybe if he's able to get some playing time, that's going to be critical. And that, that brings up the other element of this. Typically in a game week, you're only going to be using your standard too deep because those are, you only have so many reps you can use in preparation for your opponent. How does that change in the time of COVID, right? How does that change when you've got – some young guys that you think have a ton of potential and maybe can help you, but you don't have enough experience from what they've been able to do in practice. And so how Bateman manages that is going to be fascinating in the next couple of weeks. We just don't know exactly how it's going to play out. But, but I, I have no doubt the lineup that, that Bateman gave us uh, on Wednesday is going to look a lot different a couple of months from now.
1: Ross, you agree with that? I mean, you, you got the guys that are going to be there, Vahasek, Fox, Jaleel Taylor. I think they're going to be throughout the season, they're going to be guys to be counted on as long as they're healthy and all that. But those other guys could roll in and out week to week. Yeah.
2: I think it's telling that, you know, Zach Gill has emerged. I mean, it kind of shows you what they, they have and that, that Miles Murphy is going to play something that kind of tells you the depth they have. Cause usually it's really tough for a true freshman without a spring and really without a legitimate strength conditioning off season to play. Um, so, I think Christian Varner is another name. We, we've heard about him a lot because he gained so much weight. He's up to, I think mean, he's 6'4, 300. So, that's another name. No Christian Varner. But Bateman didn't talk about him as much. It was more Miles Murphy. So, I think that's, I mean, I think they, you know, I don't know if he'll be able to rotate more than kind of five guys in and out. So, and that kind of leads to this other thing that I think we, Greg and I were talking about. I think they'll move Tamon Fox down, Tyron Hopper down. Greg mentioned Cayman Rucker. Desmond Evans, those guys are listed as outside linebackers. We know the name of the game is speed. So on second down, third down, those passing situations, I think they'll take a Julio Taylor off. They'll take a big guy out and bring in kind of a 260-pound a kind of defensive end outside linebacker and, and line him up. Because, you know, Fox has played, you know, with his hand in the dirt, and so has Tyrone Hopper. So I think those guys have experience. Even Kamen Rucker, who, who's gotten a lot of hype, especially today from, from Bateman and some other people, I think those guys, you'll see them kind of, at times, playing that defensive end spot, whether it be a little bit undersized for a 3-4, but it brings more speed on, especially for, for third
0: down. And, Tommy, last week, Mac Brown told us that, you know, if he had to roll out a starting defensive front, defensive line, it would be the Taylor, and to Ross's point, Fox and Tyrone Hopper. So that's, that's very much a 2-4-5 look if there ever was one, um, and especially against a team like Syracuse that's going to want to throw the ball, that may be what we see.
1: Yeah, it leads to a discussion I want to take after the break, um, a little bit about Jay Bateman's scheme. Let me talk about Johnny T-shirt right fast, Johnny T-shirt, johnnytshirt.com, local businesses. Uh, we always hype them on this podcast. We always talk about them because they're great sponsors, but also they're great people on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. They need your support. If you haven't uh, kept up with what's going on on Franklin Street. A lot of long-time businesses are seeing the end of days. Johnny T-shirt is a sponsor that we need to support as much as possible. You can do it online. You can do it in person. Go by and pick up your stuff. Go see them. Say hello. Great customer service. Great people. Alumni owned and operated. And 10% off if you're a member of this Inside Carolina uh, premium subscription team or however you want to call it. You need to do it. Do it with johnny t-shirt and johnny t-shirt.com always great sales always good stuff so
2: hey, hey, how good is greg's lighting how come I, I don't have as good lighting as greg what are you doing differently greg
1: I've
0: this got is a, uh, the see,
2: leader this is beat writer mode. that's right that's right i look fuzzy and greg looks like a movie star
0: i've got a light
1: i'm Blind sitting in the in dark me right now <laughs> yeah if you're in yeah you, Tom, tommy's in the dark <laughs> if you're watching on youtube i cut the lights out i got spotlights up there and it's too hot for that uh yeah uh, C-
0: cbs used to fuss at me because i didn't have enough light so
1: ah uh, okay so yeah, there he season. goes corporate got him yep. look if you're watching on youtube i want you to look at greg's setup and tell me where the money is in this group <laughs> got a globe back there it's an like instagram model <laughs>
0: I do have a globe. I have a plastic (laughs) globe.
1: (laughs) It's got little dots on every place Greg's visited. (laughs) Let's get back to uh, the the, the scheme. Another thing, uh, Greg, you had an article on Inside Carolina on Wednesday, and you talked a lot about the scheme and the interchanging of guys, especially on the end. And I thought that was interesting because Tim Cross's room was mentioned, Javon DeWitt's room was mentioned. I'm going to put you on the spot and let you do what you love to do. And let's talk about the nuts and bolts of a defense. Explain for our listeners and our watchers what is going on with Bateman's scheme there when you've got two different coaches, two different positions and guys moving in and out or or freely move in and out of those two different rooms.
0: Well, speaking of backdrops, Ross has got the whiteboard behind him. So I was going (laughs) to let him handle the
1: X's nose.
0: Yeah. But, shopping but, list back here. Right. But as we talked about earlier, Tom, it is, you, if you think about the idea of a, a 245, right? The, the standard 3 4 look that we're accustomed to from from last year with Jay Bateman, when you've got a true nose like Aaron, Aaron Crawford, you put him at the zero. And typically you'll have two 4 eyes, uh, but with Jason Strobridge, you could do a lot of different things. You don't have Aaron Crawford anymore. You don't have Jason Strobridge anymore. So you have to get creative. And one of the things that Jay Bateman Uh, why he's been so successful and why NFL teams have come to talk to him when he was at Army is because of his multiple fronts. And so it may be a 3-4, it may be a 4-3, it may be a 2-4-5. We'll have to wait and see exactly how that looks. But it kind of gets into the old concept of positionless football, Uh, and that's what Bateman's really talked about. So uh, Jaleel Taylor has, has spoken on the fact that, hey, they really don't have a true nose tackle this year, like they did last year with Crawford. Him and Vohasic are really working the ones and the threes, which if you think about it, that kind of spreads out the middle there and allows you to bring up outside linebackers if you want to. What Bateman's wanting to do is get the best options on the field. And so when you hear Mack and Bateman talk about a guy like Tamari Fox and the fact that he can play all four positions, meaning all three positions of the defensive line as well as outside linebacker, that versatility is key because you can do a lot of different things. Um, And while – We've talked a lot about the outside linebacker position, being able to pass rush as well as uh, drop into coverage. That end position this year specifically is going to have to do the same. So as Ross said, when you're talking about a guy like Taman Fox, who's, who's put on some weight, he's really their, their top pass rushing option, without a doubt. You're going to use him at outside linebacker. Uh, but if you don't have a guy at end on the defensive line that you really need to utilize, move Fox in and say, you know what? He may be a little bit undersized, but he can make up for that and mitigate those those differences by being able to get to the quarterback. Um, And so what what Bateman has done is said, okay, we're coaching up three positions on the defensive line, tackle, nose, and end. However, we're also going to Javon DeWitt's position group, outside linebacker, and say, look, you guys are going to have to man the end as well. And so what Bateman has done is the way that they teach, uh, and it, it is, I mean, the way he teaches it, to me, it sounds confusing. I'm sure to the guys, they pick it up pretty quick. Uh, but he's teaching different groups the same position. And depending on if they're in the game, they're told, hey, you're the end on this play. It could be an outside linebacker. It could be a defensive tackle. You're the end on this play. And so that player knows, okay, on this particular play, this is my responsibility. And then Bateman makes the call uh, based on that. And as he said, when Taylor is playing end, which he will do some on the line, he knows that on certain plays he may have to drop into coverage. Jaleel Taylor's 5'11", 320. <laughs> That's not going to be a good matchup for anybody. So, as Bateman said, he understands that. That's why he's making the calls. And So, he's not going to put Jaleel Taylor in that position. So, so, Bateman's getting his guys on the field in the packages that he wants, and then he bases calls based on those personnel packages. Um, it confuses the offense. It confuses us, both media and fans, as we're trying to figure this out. But Bateman has a plan. The players say it's simple. They understand it. And that's really all that matters.
1: Let me ask you both one question, and then, Ross, I want you to close the podcast out. Who decides who's on the field any particular play? Is that Bateman's call? Bateman, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they basically have – you have personnel packages. And so, Mm -hmm. Bateman – you is the final say on that.
2: Probably have what like couple groups, and they just know that yeah. group, and you call that name or call that number, and that group comes in. They probably would have what do you think, like five or six of those, maybe? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, over my, over my pay grade.
1: Yeah, over my pay grade. Ross, close us out. You you mentioned earlier <laughs> this is an area of concern, um, probably the most critical area of concern for this North Carolina team to have success. What's the question? closes out your comments on that area of concern <laughs> Ross you're difficult sometimes he has a question
2: man I, yeah I mean it's uh it'd be it's open-ended
1: I mean talk about <laughs>
2: it, it, yeah exactly I mean it's like I in- introded it I mean there's just not a lot of experience so I mean, I mean what if one guy gets injured I mean what if anybody hates gets injured what if Tamari Fox gets injured I mean they're up a creek without a paddle because those are the two guys they have to have because those are the guys the size that can play the position they're really relying on. I mean, Taylor Taylor's kind of one dimensional, I think. I think he is kind of the closest they have to a nose. Um, so I mean, he's gonna have a certain role that's kind of fixed, but Rainville Hasick, Samari Fox are so interchangeable. They'll be all around. Those guys are gonna be key. Um, and, and you got, you got to like the experience with, with Taman Fox and Tyron Hopper, you know, not elite guys, but guys that are, are there, they're leaders and they'll, they'll help lead the group. Um, but beyond that, I mean, um, I, think I think they'll be okay. And behind them, look at the behind behind them. I mean, Jeremiah Gimel, I can never get his last name right. Chaz Ratt. I mean, they have some players behind them. You like the depth piece of Eugene Asante and the secondary. I mean, the secondary can help you get a pass rush there. If, if no one's open, the quarterback has to hold the ball, ball longer. So, you know, there's always a weakness on a certain team. I think the defensive line starting off as the weakness. And uh, it'll, I think it's going to be a process of developing them throughout the season as we said, as more players emerge. I mean, many seasons you have a, a freshman kind of play that fourth, fifth, sixth game, and all of a sudden, you know, they're in the rotation by the sixth, seventh, eighth game. So I think that's what we'll see with guy like Miles Murphy or, or Clyde Pender or Christian Varner. How'd that, how'd that go, Tommy?
1: That was a, you answered the question, that I didn't <laughs> ask. Very good. State of the position, Inside Carolina Podcast, on the beat defensive line. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, Greg Barnes, always, Ross Martin, always, covering the Tar Heels, Syracuse, September 12th. So if you're listening to this on Thursday, what's that, nine days? Nine mm-hmm. days to a college football? Wow. We're finally here. Don't jinx it. You've been listening to the Inside Carolina Podcast, sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, JohnnyT-shirt.com. Rate us, review us on iTunes, Spotify, subscribe on YouTube. Join us next time. We'll talk about the offensive line in game week when we do this On the Beat podcast, like four days before Carolina and Syracuse. Thanks, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by shirt.com, Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.